everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk Tefl podcast. I'm Jackie and joining me is Shannon Felt. Hi, Shannon. Hey. So Shannon is going to talk about online teaching with us, which I'm really thankful for because I think a ton of people are doing doing that now, but maybe are struggling a little bit. Um, yeah, so welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon, and we're happy to have you. Thank you so much. I actually host a ELT podcast as well, but this is the very first time I've been a guest on a podcast. So it's really exciting. <gasps> oh, wow. I can't believe you've never been on a podcast, but you, you host this amazing one called Tefl Horizons for anyone who, who wants to know. Um, so Shannon, how did you get into teaching English? Sure. So I think like a lot of people, I got into teaching English uh, because I wanted to travel. So I, I had um, I have a degree in English language and literature, much more geared towards literature than actually teaching English. And I finished my university degree and I sort of had this very existential crisis that I knew a lot about Shakespeare and nobody cared. Right? Mm. <laughs> like that wasn't very marketable. So I sort of struggled with, OK, what do I want to do? And I just fell in love with the idea of traveling um, and just kind of figuring it out and realized that teaching could be a means to an end. Um, what I didn't expect was that I would also fall in love with teaching. So I did an initial teaching qualification. Um, I got a CELTA and on my CELTA course, I realized like, wow, I actually really like this. So it became much more than just a way to travel. It became something that I genuinely enjoyed. Um, from there, I went forward. I started teaching abroad. I taught in Budapest, Hungary for many years, as well as some other places. Continued on, got a Delta, you know, a sort of a higher level qualification, started training other teachers and the rest is history. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I'd actually love to have you on the podcast um, to talk about teaching in Hungary. Um, my, my co-host Jennifer and I are trying to interview people from that have taught in like a ton of different places around the world. And yeah, we have never had anyone from Hungary. So, oh, so we'd love to great. have you back for sure. Sure, to talk I would about love that. to. All right. So, but we're going to talk online teaching today. So, um, so when the pandemic hit, did you switch to online teaching or were you already, already doing that? So thankfully I had been doing it some already. I am a CELTA trainer as well. And so CELTA wasn't fully online before the pandemic, but there was an option to do a blended CELTA course, which meant mm. that a lot of the course was online, sort of everything that the candidates needed to learn about how to teach they could do online. And then just the actual teaching bit was in person. And at the mm -hmm. time we thought that that was the only possible way. We thought there's no way that we could do teacher training where people actually teach classes online. Um, so I'd had a little bit of experience with that. I was doing the blended online CELTA courses and I was kind of the go-to online trainer for the company that I was working with. So I, I was comfortable with um, doing these kind of like class live sessions online and some other things, but I hadn't done a whole bunch of actual classroom teaching with students online. Mm. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, um, CELTA went hundred percent online and we even did the teaching practice online. And I sort of realized, okay, I need to, to figure this out and I need to figure this out really fast. <laughs> um, at the same time, I was working as a consultant with a language school that was opening in Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and the founder of the school that I was working with the initial plan had been to do in-person classes and I was sort of helping them set up from afar. And then of course the pandemic hit and he said, okay, we're going to shift gears and we're going to do this totally online. And so I ended up helping him set up that program. Um, and doing that meant that I was teaching basically four to five hours a day, back to back of online classes 
um, which was perfect. It was a lot. It was sort of like, you know, trial by fire <laughs> or whatever, like, so, um, like learn as you go kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but it meant that I had to, to figure it out really quickly. And I was basically spending all day, every day for months teaching students online and figuring out what worked, what didn't work, how to do things better. And then I was able to then immediately start training teachers to teach online and bringing everything that I had learned to help them and sort of, you know, continuing to tweak things and develop things even further strategies and things like that. Perfect. It sounds like you are a wealth of information about online teaching, which is so perfect because Jennifer and I are both like mm, online teaching. Neither of I us know. have like really done it. So um, yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. So uh, first, let's talk about maybe the similarities um, mm-hmm. between teaching online and in the classroom. Sure. There are a ton of similarities. It seems like it's going to be totally different, but I think the the fundamentals of teaching English are really not um, any different if you're teaching online or in person. So the most important thing, and this is funny because um, Jackie, you and I talked about this on the interview that you did for my podcast. Um, The first and most important thing is that your lessons should still be just as student-centered. Just because you're teaching online doesn't mean that all of a sudden things turn into a lecture or like, you know, you recording a YouTube video while the students just sit there and watch. Um, You still have to make your lessons student-centered. You can still use the communicative approach. We still want lots of student talk time. Uh, We still want pair work and group work. Um, All of that stuff is still the same. The other thing that's the big thing that's still the same is you can still use the same lesson frameworks and structures. So the way that you would structure a grammar lesson in person, like using a, you know, PPP structure or a test teach test or text based or whatever you decide, you can still do all of that online. That doesn't Mm -hmm. need to change. Your lesson should still have a clear aim um, and it should still have this kind of progression of activities. And then of course, like little things, classroom management still applies. You need to take control of your classroom, even though it's a virtual classroom and decide who you want to be talking when, how you want to set up the activity, you know, what interaction pattern do you want the students to be in? Do you want them talking in pairs? Is it whole class? Is it feedback? You know? Yeah. The classroom management part. mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, sure. So, so the classroom management part to me seems like the most difficult um, thing right. for sure. Um, so do you have any tips for that? Like, like people talking over each other or things like that? Sure. I think the first thing to remember is like, you are still the teacher. This is still your classroom. It's still your environment. So of course you don't want to make the lesson teacher fronted, um, but you can still sort of keep that same level of structure or authority, just like you would have in a physical classroom. Um, you know, you would walk to the front of the room and get the student's attention when it's time to shift out of pair work and into whole class. Um, that part is actually easier because you could just close the breakout rooms when you want the students to come back to class. But I would say it's okay with online teaching to, to set some ground rules and kind of be a little bit more upfront or explicit with the students about what you expect and how it works. You know, you can tell the students, okay, everybody mute your mic. Right. Or if you want to do a pronunciation like model and drill, you might have to first give a quick instruction. Everybody unmute. Mm. Right. So just sort of giving them these very clear directions about the technology um, will help keep things running a bit more smoothly. That um, makes total doing, sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing feedback, you might want to nominate more, you know, um, mm. like Laszlo, number one 
or Anita, what's the answer to number two, rather than just asking the whole class where then you get lots of sort of echoes and, you know, everybody trying to talk at the same time. Yeah. Asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a classroom, it's very easy to say like, okay, what's the answer to number one? And there's always a few students who will just yell out the answer or whatever. But I imagine on Zoom, it's like either everybody does it or nobody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for sure, exactly. uh, nominating would be the way to go. I right. think and something you can't like, like, you can't really make eye contact and, you know, just gesture to a student the way you can mm-hmm. in person. It doesn't mm-hmm. work online. So you just have to be a little bit more verbal about what you want and who you want to be talking when. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, what are some other differences besides like classroom management? Um, to online teaching and then um, in-classroom teaching? Sure. Well, the first most obvious one is that there's this technology aspect that you just don't have in the physical classroom that you're on Zoom. So it's not just that you're teaching and you have to know the subject matter of what you're teaching. You also have to have some comfort and some confidence with the technology itself. Mm. Um, And you have to expect that your students may have varying levels of comfort and confidence with the technology. So you'll want to make sure that you're comfortable that you've gotten some practice using Zoom or whatever platform you're using. I use Zoom pretty exclusively. And you may need to give the students a little bit of um, training on the Zoom platform also. Mm. So, you know, maybe for the very first class you have with a student or a group of students, you do a little Zoom intro where, you know, they practice um, raising their hand using the raise hand feature or using the reactions feature that Zoom has or using the chat and things like that, you know, turning on and off their camera or muting and unmuting their mic so that they're comfortable with what they need um, before oh. you progress from there. It's just like teaching classroom language. Open your books, sit exactly. down, pick up your pencil, <laughs> turn to page <laughs> seven, but it's like for Zoom. So I like that. <laughs> exactly. You can think of it as the same way. It's just like teaching this sort of Zoom language or Zoom basics before you get into everything else. For sure. And so, and what about like materials? Um, it's very easy just to hand students paper in a classroom. So, so how do you deal with that online? Right. So first of all, you're going to need to think about those two big things. First of all, materials, like how do you give the students a worksheet? And then second, what do you use as your whiteboard in a physical classroom? You have a board, typically a smart board, a whiteboard, something, um, which you'd need to replicate on zoom. Um, so my tip for using a whiteboard, which kind of then connects to materials is to use PowerPoint or Google slides. Mm. Um, Zoom does have a built-in whiteboard, but it's kind of clunky and you just can't do as much with it. But if you've prepared a PowerPoint and you, you don't want to think of it as like you're giving a presentation, because that's going to, of course, get teacher fronted, but you want to think of your PowerPoint slides as like your, your board. And I actually do, I have this little trick where I leave my PowerPoint in edit mode so that I can type things in just like you could on a like write things on the board. You can type things into your slides. Um, You can move things around. You can add things. So it's not like you're just going through this fixed presentation. It's actually this active canvas as you're going through the lesson. And then um, what about students if they're working in groups um, and they need to collaborate on like, say like a small piece of writing or or jot down some ideas for a presentation or something? Um, How does that work in your classes? Right. So one of my favorite things to do for that is to use some kind of interactive tool. Um, Google Docs is a really easy basic one in that you can create a Google Doc for each, like a different Google Doc or Google Jamboard for each group. So let's say I have 12 students in my class and I'm going to put them into four groups of three. Um, So I could actually create four different 
Google Docs or Google Jamboard links, right? Give the same link, one link to each group. So that means like all of the people in group one have the same Google Doc link, but the other mm-hmm. students don't. All of the people in group two have the same Google Doc link, right? So that way, when they all click on that link, they, just the people in that group, kind of have this special shared space. And so if you put them into breakout rooms in their groups and they have the Google Doc link, they can all, the three of them, be talking together, looking at the same document, doing collaborative writing um, or whatever the activity is. Like if you haven't used Google Jamboard, it's really cool. It has, you can make little like kind of flashcards. They call them sticky notes, but it's like the students can type things in, add pictures. They can move things around. You can do matching activities that way. Um, So that's a really easy way to do things. And there's mm-hmm. a feature on both of those tools where you can just duplicate um, the doc or duplicate the Jamboard or whatever you've made so that you don't have to recreate it You know, four times. Mm-hmm. If you have four different groups, you can just use the duplicate feature and it will generate the same activity, but just with a, a different link that oh, you can that share. Makes sense. So yeah. to me, this just sounds like it does require a big degree of organization before you get into class. It's certainly not one of these things that you can just pull together at the last minute. Cause I think like you can maybe walk into a classroom and you might not teach Mm -hmm. the best lesson, but it's possible just to walk into a classroom with very little prep. And maybe you just chit chat with your students and do like a little activity of some kind, but it seems like online teaching certainly does require um, maybe more pre-organization of logistics, I guess, than in class would. I would agree with that. I think that is a, a difference. And I think there is a bit of a learning curve in terms of, you know, learning how to best use PowerPoint, learning how to share materials, learning how to, you know, use these different tools. Um, and you do have to ha- have all of that set up in advance for the most part. Um, but the nice thing about that, once I got used to it, which it did take a bit of time, but once I got used to it, it actually got faster because I found that I didn't need to for example, write my whole lesson plan and then turn around and make copies of all my different materials. Mm. All I had to make was this one PowerPoint thing and everything was there. Like it was my lesson plan. It was my, all of my materials. It was a video, you know, could go right there. The audio can go right there. So it's so streamlined. Once you get used to it, I now, I never, ever thought that I would say this, but I think I actually prefer it. (laughs) <laughs> to in person in a lot of ways, which is nuts. <laughs> Being a slave to the photocopy machine that often breaks, or like, mm-hmm. it, or even worse, worse, a Duplo machine. It's like yeah. a little bit my worst nightmare. So I can definitely see the p- appeal. Exactly. And like most schools don't let you make copies in color. You know, it's just everything mm. feels so dynamic on the PowerPoint. Mm. What I've been doing is just using like PDF versions. Um, you can purchase PDF versions of a lot of the course books. And then just take screenshots and put them right into your slide Mm. and then have students take screenshots of your slides. And then they have all the materials right there for when they go into breakout rooms or, Mm. you know, to take home or whatever. For sure. So um, you've done teacher training Mm -hmm. uh, with teachers who are doing their CELTA online, teaching online. So can you maybe just give maybe two or three of the things that go wrong <laughs> with online teaching <laughs> yes. like like when it's a terrible chaotic lesson what happens or like what causes that yes so the first thing i think sort of stems from what you already said is not doing enough preparation in advance um teachers thinking that they can just kind of wing it and it really doesn't work online um and so typically what happens when the, a teacher tries to wing it is it ends up being either a super unstructured 
kind of like pulling teeth discussion, um, whole class discussion where it's the students are just kind of like awkwardly chatting and not really learning anything, or it becomes a big lecture where there's mm-hmm. way too much teacher talk and the students aren't, aren't really doing anything. Um, so that's one of them. Another thing is um, teachers just not being super comfortable with the technology themselves. And so they'll be fumbling with how to share their screen or how to play the audio that they've prepared and it's just not working. And then it just, everybody, you know, is kind of awkwardly sitting there waiting for them to figure out what to do. And yeah. (laughs) That makes sense how Um, that would be bad, 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 bad. (laughs) Yes. The only other thing I've noticed is even if you're doing everything right and you are really confident with the technology, everything takes just a tiny bit longer on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about, you know, putting students in pairs in person, you're just saying, turn to your partner. That takes zero seconds for the students to turn and start talking. But on Zoom, it takes a couple of seconds for the students to be like virtually sent into the breakout rooms and then to come back. And it really does add up. So I Mm. learned that you always want to plan maybe just a tiny bit less than you would in person, or at least have sort of a backup plan for, you know, okay, how am I going to kind of be super efficient in other areas or sort of shave time Mm. off other areas to account for like the extra five minutes that the technology just kind of eats up. That does make sense if like students were, or like your CELTA students have to get through a pre-prescribed set of, yes. of like milestones or whatever in a lesson. Um, it would be less stressful, I think, for sure, for just normal teachers teaching students. But of course, you still want to like finish the lesson in a good place, not in the middle of an activity. Right. Exactly. Course, like, so. Not in the middle. And even though everybody's at home and you know, in person, we're so conscious of like using the space and not taking up the space too long. It's so easy to be like, oh, like my lesson's going 10 minutes long, but everybody's just sitting at home. Like it's mm, fine. Right. But people like people have things to do. <laughs> right. Like you're going to see students start signing off and yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's maybe a good place to end. I think Shannon, those were so many helpful tips and, and I'm sure the sure. listeners will really appreciate your wisdom in this. So um, where can people find you online or do you have a resource for, for online teaching that you could recommend to us? Yes, absolutely. So my website is tefelhorizons.com. Um, you'll find a ton of resources there. And I also have a free guide for how to teach English online specifically. So if that's something that you want to learn more about, um, it's really detailed and helpful. Um, I'll send you the link, Jackie, that you can put maybe in the show notes or on um, link to this episode uh, where you can click the link um, and download um, that free guide if you would like to learn more. I also sure, do yeah, that a course. Good. If you want to get trained specifically to teach English online, um, you can check that out too, tefelhorizons.com slash online English teacher. All right. That sounds great. Um, And if you want to find out more about our podcast or see the show notes, um, you can check out eslactivity.org. And then also you can find um, my books um, to search for Jackie Bolin on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, anywhere you like to buy books, um, you can find them. And um, also check out eslactivity.org. There's a ton of great um, resources for English teachers, um, mostly game and activity ideas. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye, Shannon. Bye, Jackie. Thanks so much.